Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 What's really good? I am MTV Malik. He is Ace Metaphor. This is 224 The Basement. What's really good, Ace? Yo, I'm chilling. I'm I'm fucking happy to be here, bro. It is a fantastically beautiful Friday, and I no longer have the flu. So I'm fucking celebrating right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to this event in Nashville uh, the last week of January, and we when we got back, Everybody was sick. Everybody who was, who was at the event was sick. So everybody was fucked up for a cool week. Push back recording and everything. Yo, this shit is... This, yo, I don't know what it is. Like, this year, I've been sick like three, four times already. It feel like... Like, you remember back in, in school, like, bro, I was sick all the fucking Facts. time. Like, and yo, it feel like that all over again. Like, I, I don't even feel like an adult anymore, bro. Like, I need my moms. Like, for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into this week. Yes. Solemnly, we have to report the death of another celebrity. Brooklyn owns Pop Smoke. Pop Smoke was gunned down in L.A. Four masked men broke into his house, gunned him down. Doesn't even look like a robbery. Looks like it was a straight-up hit. God damn. This one hits for me because I don't like a lot of new rappers. I'm sorry, my, my playlist is stuck in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's what I grew up with, and as I get older, of course, I'm always going to like the music that I grew up with, and I've related more. Hell yeah. Hmm. And imagine it making it out of Brooklyn just to get gunned down in Hollywood. That's (laughs) some fucked up shit. Yo, and this is, at some point, I need these young cats to take a minute and just look at what's happening to their peers. Like, whether it's drugs or whether it's violence, like, this shit ain't stopping. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be careful out here. You got to take care of yourself out here. Like, I, I was, I was, I don't know the God. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, oh, you know, he was super dope. And I don't, I don't know the dude. I don't know his music, nothing like that. But from the little bit of research that I did, like, my man was just trying to stunt for Instagram. You know what I'm saying? He was just trying to take a picture. He was just trying to be happy with his peoples. 
his address was in the picture. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it, it, with Google, dog, it takes nothing but five minutes to find out where dude lives. So it's like, that's a fact, fam. Yo, these ki- yo, y'all kids out here, and it don't even matter if you're a rapper. If you're out here and you're doing anything positive, if you get in money, if you live in good, take care of yourself, man. There's a lot of people out here that don't got nothing and they will come for yours. Like, do not think you can't get touched. Yo, Jay-Z said it best. He said, broke niggas don't want no cash. They just want to kill you. De- Facts. They ain't even take nothing. Facts. They're just like, yeah, we seen them come in. You know, at first they were like, yeah, it's a robbery. Then they were just like, yo, we got a body here, but they ain't even take nothing. They left with nothing. They came, gunned him down, went about his business. It's still early. We don't know everything. It could have been personal. It could have been, you know, whatever crew somebody was rolling with. But either way, it's really just sad news. And it was, it was mad needless. Kid was 20 years old. 20. Fam, don't play with these streets, man. Like, please, for the love of God, don't think this shit is cool. Don't think that this gangster life is something that you need to do to be one of the cool kids. Like, fam, leave that shit the fuck alone before you end up in court snitching before you end up gunned down before you end up stomped out like the thing that i don't think a lot of people realize is that gangster shit is not supposed to be a a lifelong thing granted dude was 20 so it's easily to see why he hasn't broken away from that but i'm grown now i don't got time for that shit i'm not as fast as i used to be Shit, you think I spent, you know, $600 on this gun not to use it? Fuck that. <laughs> and this is, yo, this is, this is the, like, the, the real shit about it, man. Like, even when you young, like, your focus need to be getting the fuck out. Not how, yes. how can I, how can I get the top, how can I get to the top of a garbage pile? No. Your goal needs to be, how can I get out of here? Maybe bring something back to it. But, fam, it's... This, this ain't the way, man. This ain't the way. And I know, I know Pop Smoke, he was into a lot of shit that he probably shouldn't have been in. And again, I don't know that man's life like that, so I ain't gonna speak on that. But at 20 years old, he had a lot of time to turn a lot of shit around. You know what I'm saying? Nice. He could have made it to 40 years old and turned around and told a lot of youth his story about how they didn't need to do what he needed, what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, fam, please, 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 leave that shit alone, man. It is not, there's no future in that shit, fam. And if you need to see any more of your, 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 your heroes, your favorite artists, whatever, go down like this, man, like, fuck, bro, it ain't worth it. It's not. Now, speaking about how the streets don't love you, I recently came upon an interesting quote from 50 Cent. Mm. 50 Cent said, Takashi 69 Oh, no. Is not going to have any problems selling music once he's out of prison. Absolutely not. And I thought, and I, I probably seen this like maybe like five minutes before we started recording. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you think Takashi is still going to sell music and still be a popular artist after jail? Absolutely. Why? Um, he's he's absolutely going to be a popular artist. Shit just ain't the same, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were coming up, it was all about the street cred. You know what I'm saying? Like. Even even if we weren't out there selling crack and all of that shit, like, you know, we still wanted authenticity in our artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't know for 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 instance, like Fabulous. I don't know Fab whole street story, but I know he got real dudes behind him. So when Fab spit a story, 
I can believe that. I believe there's some authenticity to that, and I want to hear that from him. But if it's some cat who, I don't know, came up in Levittown or some shit like that, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't ring super hood to me. So for him talking about I'm selling this, I'm shooting this, I'm doing whatever, that, that story don't ring as true to me. You know, it, it, it taints something to me. The, the deal nowadays, yo, does the song pop? Cool. That's it. Nobody fucking cares about your authenticity anymore. So this dude, Takashi, oddly enough, just by being in the courts, just by speaking on the cats that he was around, now has authenticity. He a snitch. But who the fuck cares about snitching anymore? He's going to come home and he's going to fucking do numbers. Now, he might still get touched. But until that time, he's going to fucking do numbers. These kids don't fucking care, bro. Do you think that the threshold for authenticity is at an all-time low? You got artists like Rick Ross, who we know was a cop. Mm -hmm. You got Drake, who is as, you know, soft as wet dog shit. (laughs) And you got Takashi, a full-blown, on-the-book snitch. And it doesn't seem like it's really going to affect their careers. Because it's not. It's not. I mean, with Rick Ross and Drake, we already know that shit did nothing to their numbers. Like, those motherfuckers get bank. And I was always, once once the real uh, Rick Ross came out and he spoke on like, yo, he stole my name. He don't pay no dues, nothing. I was confused as fuck as to how dudes still had a career. because. Again, from when we was coming up, and we're not, yo, we're not that old. Like, I'm only 33. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it's not like I'm some 50, 60-year-old dude. Like, I grew up, I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. Like, that shit carried fucking weight. If somebody said you was fake, your career was on the line for that shit. But Or a snitch? Jesus Christ. Oh, my, if you were a snitch... Bro, you couldn't even go to fucking Roosevelt Field Mall if you were a snitch. Like facts. Like niggas you didn't even know would want to fuck you up. That had nothing to do with any of it. Off GP. Yeah, I heard you read it on this guy that I met one time in the basketball game. Done. Done. I, want your, I want your fucking head for that shit. Like, so, <laughs> but like these these kids don't fucking care about that shit. And it's like, whether it's good or it's bad, hip hop has gotten to a point where it's so globalized that you almost can't view it through that same mirror anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the street stories that somebody in Germany or Russia or Korea has, it's not necessarily the same types of street stories. So it's like, there's certain street laws, but hip hop is almost like bigger than that now, which almost sounds blas- blasphemous to say out loud, but that's kind of what it is, man. Like to a certain extent, some portions of the culture have become so mainstream and globalized that they're above a lot of the foundations that it came from. And either you accept that shit or you just don't fuck with those portions of it. I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a different era. I agree with you. Uh, it seems like hip hop is just bigger than hip hop these days. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think one thing that history has taught us is that it's better to embrace change than try to force it to stay the same. Facts. If something's growing, you got to let it grow. You got to let it grow organically. Facts. Facts. Let's go ahead and move on to 
other stories in Hollywood that don't suck as bad. <laughs> Actually, this one is going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I just read in Variety, Rick Moranis is coming back for a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel. I thought you said this wasn't going to be bad. No, how's this bad? What do you mean, how is this Rick bad? Moranis. Oh, my. Yo, Rick Moranis was the dude. His mo- Yo, he always did good in the movies. Um, my Blue Heaven, Space Ghostbusters, balls. Spaceballs. He always did a great job. Facts. And then after, I think it was either 1992 or 1994, his last movie, I think, was like Little Giants. Mm-mm. And then he upped and disappeared. No one's heard of him. Now, the story that I came to understand is that his wife was sick mm. and eventually passed away. Yeah. And he just said, I'm going to be a dad. So he just stayed at home, was a great dad, made a little bit of folk music. Respect. I think he did an ESPN show a couple of years ago. And, you know, they approached him when they rebooted Ghostbusters. And I'm sure he's been offered a ton of work. I mean, Rick Moranis, he is his own brand. There's really nobody, nobody like him. Facts. And he is just now coming back in 2020. I think it's like an 18-year hiatus or something like that. Does this excite you? No. No, it doesn't. It, Why I, not? Listen, listen. Such a great story. Listen, I have no issues with Rick Moranis at all. Like, I mean, to this day... Why, why would you be beefing with Rick Moranis? Nobody I, has an issue with Rick Moranis. <laughs> no, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, yo, to this day, if Spaceballs comes on, I'm watching that shit. Like, that's not even up for debate. My problem is... I'm so fucking sick of reboots. Like, this ain't even about him. It's about the industry. I don't uh, need this. I don't need this, and I don't know anyone that does. You know what I'm saying? Now, check this out. This is what gives me a little bit of hope. Rick Moranis hasn't come back for shit. The Ghostbusters, if he, if he really cared about reboots like that, the Ghostbusters reboot was going to be the thing for him. That would have been the perfect place to make an appearance. Mm. I think that maybe he got a scriptwriter. Maybe he has a story that he says, you know what? This is going to be good. This is going to change it up. Not all reboots and not all sequels are bad. No, that's true. I, and listen, I will stand here right now and I don't give a fuck who feels whatever way that Jumanji shit is fire. Come at me. I didn't me. see the second one. I haven't seen the second one either, but that first joint, bro, that shit was yes. popping. So I'm not against all reboots. I'm just, I'm sick of the frequency. Like, I feel like we need more, especially with the, with the climate that we're in right now. People want all of this, you know, racial equality. They want, uh, you know, more women in things. They want more Asians in things. They want more black people in <laughs> things. bastards. Which I have no problem with. But in order to get that, I feel like we need to stop rehashing stories and we need to create new stories that include who we want included. And I, and I say this a lot. Um, most of it is, is, has to do with comic book shit. So it's like, you're rebooting Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was a cool movie. You know what I'm saying? I used to watch that shit on Channel 11 back in the day, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> that shit would just pop on, and I'm down for it. But what I'm saying is like 2020, 2021, 2022, whenever the fuck that shit come out, do we need that though? Couldn't Rick Moranis come out with something in that same vein without giving me a reboot of something that's done already? I don't need that. I do feel you on that. Um, it does at times feel like originality is at an all-time low Facts. because these reboots and these intellectual properties are such big money. Mm. But speaking of, a, of something different and an original story, 
Let's go ahead and move on to our movie of the week. Oh, my God. That is going to be Parasite. Oh, my God. I would love to have been the hipster part of Parasite. I heard about Parasite when it first came out. A uh, comedian I listened to has a podcast and mentioned it and kept mentioning it for weeks. I'm just like, man, I got to see this movie. Got to see this movie. Really? I was just kind of lazy about it. I was like, oh, I really want to see Parasite. I see it next week. Next weekend. I I see it after Mm -hmm. after this. And then I wasn't even paying attention. It's just like, yeah, Parasite won a shitload of awards at the Academy. <laughs> now everybody's watching. I was like, fuck. I would have loved, loved to been able to say, like, you know, a month ago, like, hey, this Parasite movie is great. Right. Parasite is, the best thing about Parasite is, I, anytime I talked about it with people, I'm like, watch the trailer. Because the trailer gives you absolutely nothing. You can't <laughs> tell shit about the movie from the trailer. You have no idea what to expect. It is one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. It's suspenseful. You can tell that there should be violence in there, but mm. you just get nothing. No, the trailer gives you nothing. Really? And wow. then when you watch the movie, the movie is just, one, it's masterful storytelling. Two, the visuals. The, um, the, the director was absolutely great, especially the, like, sepia-toned um, uh, camera pans. Ooh. That was great. The way that smell was incorporated to the story I don't want to give away too much of it for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's going to be hard, bro. I'm telling you. like It is just as good as people would say. I think it has like 99% on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. And it's, it's deserved. It's deserved. Like, without question. <laughs> I mean, some of the scenes really, really blew me away. The part where the kid, the part when the kid seen the ghost come up from the basement. <clears throat> like that whole scene where he was so, oh my God. The best thing about the story is it's a relatable story, even though it's even though it's subtitles in the South Korean, you can get the story even if you've never even been in this situation. Because a lot of times, even if you're in the middle now in your life, you've been on one one end of the spectrum. Right, right. It felt like there should be violence in the movie, and it kind of holds off on it. It builds a lot of suspense up to it. Facts. It's not a lot of needless violence throughout the movie. So when it does actually happen, it is shocking. And, and it doesn't disappoint. It is gruesome. It's a, all right, we're going to do some violence now, and <laughs> we're just going to pour it on. And, and you're going to have to deal with it. Honestly, as I was watching the joint, I had this feeling like, is this a Tarantino flick? It felt like it had a strong message. It, had, it felt like it had some comedy to it. And like you said, like it felt like violence should happen now, and then it didn't. And I was like... Okay, so here's where, to me at least, and if, if you watch the movie, like, you'll, you'll feel exactly what I'm talking about. There's a certain spot in the movie where it's like, yeah, it's about to go down. And then, yeah. it, and then it doesn't. And then I checked the time to see how much, because I, I rented the shit on uh, Amazon Prime. And I did the same exact thing. Bro, like, I, I know people nowadays feel a way about spending money on anything. If you're gonna spend, what what was it like four dollars, five dollars, bro? Spend the fucking money. Like they all, everyone involved with this project is, is deserves that money. But um, nah, there's there's a there's a moment where it's like you feel like it's about to go down, and then I hit the the button to see the time, and I was like, holy fuck, how are they gonna continue this movie? Like it's so much, it's so much, and without even. Even if you don't get the overarching, quote-unquote, deeper meaning to the movie, whatever you take away from this movie is valid. And 
To me, that's a sign of such solid storytelling where no matter who you are or where you are in your life, there's something you can relate to here. There's a character for you in this story somewhere. And by the end of it, you feel talked to. You feel acknowledged. It's, it's a good movie, man. It brings up a, a lot of different emotions. It's, at times, it's very funny. At mm. other times, it's very dark. Uh, there's a lot of compelling things. There's, there's, there's some politics and trickery. Yes. As, as, you know, the fam- as one family moves on another family. And here goes the question I have. Who's the parasite? Who's the parasite? Everybody. Is it the, the lower class family or is it the higher class family? Everybody. Everybody's a fucking parasite. That's the th- and that's the trick. That's the trick right there is everybody's fucked up, bro. Every person in that movie just about was sucking off another person in that movie. Pause. But you, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's a parasite. <laughs> but, that, but that's legit, though. That's, what, that's exactly what was going on. Like, no matter what side you're on, no matter what your perspective, every single, even, even the dude, men, you know what I'm saying, the, the college kid, even him, every single fucking character is a parasite. Humanity. We are parasites. We can't fucking help it. It's just how we operate. And our society leads us to do it. That's how we advance. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. I was completely blown away. Absolutely. I would say definitely watch the trailer first. It, it, it definitely sets the mood. Oh, no, no, no. One of my favorite thing is... No, I, I, I'm against that. I didn't. You're against watching the trailer? Absolutely. I feel you in that. Trailers do fuck it up for some people because sometimes they're just like, these are the best parts of the movie. But when I say that this trailer was masterfully put together, it was one of the best trailers, mainly for the fact that it gave away nothing. Even Mm. going into the movie, I didn't know what to expect. Mm. And the movie follows up. I I remember one of my favorite movies, and and I say favorite, not a great movie, but but I liked The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. The biggest problem with that movie is that 20 minutes into it, you know the ending, or, or at least you could figure out the twist. It was very easy. 20 minutes into the movie, you're just like, yeah, they're living in present time. So this isn't some, like, that was, that was really easy to figure out. Hey, what's this box with, this, with a master lock on it? <laughs> Thanks for fucking not, it up. Like... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that isn't it, but it wasn't hard to figure out going right. into it. If you watch these kind of movies, you don't know where it's going. You don't know what's going to happen next. Everything is surprising. The only thing I figured out is I was just like, all right, once that one guy got in, he might try to get his family put on. I kind of figured that that would be the next move, but you didn't know how they was going to do it. Yeah, and the no. way they did it was just masterful. Not to mention the the singular relationships that people with each other with their I'm not going to say doppelgangers, but their jobs. Mm-hmm. The father as the driver and the rich father. Yeah, the, yeah. The mother and their mother. The son and the daughter and the daughter and the son. It yeah. was It was just masterful movie telling, and it's evergreen. If this would have came out 10 years ago or, come, or if it didn't come out for another 10 years, you could probably still feel the same effect. Mm. So that covers movies for us. Let's go ahead and jump into a little bit of music. Oh, no. And for this week, I picked out Little Wayne, The Funeral. Uh. Now, this was his last release after the Carter Five. Now, I grew up 
not a little I wasn't a fan of the Hot Boys. Yeah, they had a couple of songs I didn't absolutely hate, but mm. I wasn't I wasn't a Hot Boys fan. Right. Wasn't really feeling them. Right. Well, I mean, um, we from we from New York, so that wasn't that just yeah. wasn't our lane. Yeah. I wasn't a little Wayne fan for a long time. It wasn't until the Dedication 2 mixtape came out. And I was just like, huh. Canon. Was it? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Hell I was yeah. like, yeah. It wasn't so bad. Like, I could kind of fuck with that. I felt like from Dedication 2 up until No Ceilings Carter 4, we got prime Lil Wayne. The problem with Lil Wayne is you got to dig through a lot of bullshit mm. to find some good shit. Now, some of the good shit, it was some really dope shit. Wayne mm. has been innovative. He has come up with his own sound. Mm. Um, some people, you know, would say that he was the inspiration behind Future, and all of that mumble rap stuff really is a direct lineage from what Lil Wayne was doing. I, uh, I got that. a lot of respect for Lil Wayne and what he was able to accomplish. He really has done things in his own lane. Ever since the Carter Four, you know, we've been waiting forever for the Carter Five. And when that came out, it was like, uh, thank you for uproar. You could throw the rest of this shit in the trash. Oh shit. And, and that's how I felt about the Carter Five. I think a lot of people felt that way. It was very underwhelming. Damn. The funeral, I feel like, was a much better product. This is by far not prime Little Wayne. This isn't even dedication to Little Wayne. I did like some of the facts. I, I did like how he how he approached some of the songs, which was like, um, say you got a 30-pound garbage bag, you fill it with 20 pounds of water, and it's kind of just sliding all over the place. Uh. And his balancing act of how he's able to keep that flow like it's spilling over, but he catches it, dumping to the other side. I felt like that was kind of masterful, and I found a little bit of art in that. Besides that, none of the songs were really that great. It was always like, oh, this hook, this hook is dope, and the first, and the first verse was dope, but the second and third, third verse was whack, and I hated the beat. Or this beat is hot, and the last verse was dope, but the rest of it was trash. It was always there. There was a couple of songs you got like, like the Mama Mia. The, the Mamma Mia track, and you got, you know, some dope songs in there, but none of the songs really just climbed out from mediocrity. A lot of the songs had a lot of great moments mm. that was only experienced in four bars, maybe, or maybe mm. a hook, or maybe this beat, but none of the songs overall just really got over the hump. And really, I mean, he could have cut half that album. Half of that album didn't even just oh. need to be an album. Bro. I can't even stack this album close to... The no ceilings mixtape, like which 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 was great, but I felt like it was much better than Carter Five. But if it's it feels like it should have been a sophomore album. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Like I am so fucking relieved to hear you say that shit, dog. I could not even fucking finish this shit. Like, <laughs> yo, like no. But what what you were saying about how. There, there, like there are moments, you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain like cadences, there's certain like four bar sections, there's a hook or whatever. Like there were some things where I was like, "Oh, this is oh no, never mind, no, no, no. oh oh shit, this is kind of oh fuck no." Mm. And that's the thing, like I I am super not a Little Wayne fan, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not I'm not trying to throw dirt on the god or anything like that, like. Little Wayne is definitely one of, if not the most prolific artists of my generation. Right. So much respect to that. I mean, you do that much work and it ain't going to be for everybody. But fuck, bro, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I got to the joint with, um, with him and J-Rock and right. I, I was with it. I was, it was cool, but like almost every song feels like it's too long 
every song. And the album was too long. Right. It was just, it was, everything was too much. And that's crazy because, like, I know there was at least a couple of those joints that was only like two minutes and change. And it still felt too long. And I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're too, like, whether you like him or not, you cannot deny Lil Wayne legendary status. You can't. So for an artist to be at that level artistically, to me at least, your album shouldn't sound like this. I think Wayne really missed a good opportunity to fill people in on what Lil Wayne is at this point in his life. Yes. It wasn't very introspective. Yes. This was a good time to talk about disputes with his label, uh, the fact that he's getting married soon. How are your kids doing? Yes. This would have been a great time for him to release, like, uh, Jay-Z's, uh, you know, 444 four, four, four. album. Yes, Th- that's this what I wanted. Been great. It would have been great for us to dig into Wayne a little bit. It just felt like a low-quality album. Even worse was that when you stack it up next to some of his mixtapes, when you stack it up next to I Can't Feel My Face or Dedication mm. 2 or even Dedication 4, it just doesn't stack up. Right. Um, and you're right. The quality was just low. It was, it was a disappointing roller coaster. Mm. You know, it, it was just like, all right, it's okay. You're listening. You're listening. You think it's going to get good. It gets good. And then it just gets progressively worse. And it never picks back up. And overall, what happens is the disappointing moments far outweigh the moments that's going to bring you joy, the moments that's going to be a hard punchline. The, the moments where it's going to be a intelligent uh, song structure or a strong substance. Mm, mm, it mm. just misses the mark consistently. Cut the album in half, take each song and just take the best four bars from each verse and make it one verse, and then maybe we got something. Listen. And so then you can skip this album and you wouldn't have missed nothing. All right. So the last story for the day is the New York Times did a profile piece on the greatest actor of our generation, probably of, oh. of all time. Oh. The greatest, the great Ooh. Ben Affleck. Ooh. Titled, Ben Affleck tried to drink away the pain, now he's trying honesty. And Ben Affleck really gets into, you know, the feelings of, of how his divorce affected him, why he lied about that, um, that amazing back tattoo that he has and his alcoholisms and, re- and relapse. Um, Brooke Burns is the person who wrote the article. I thought it was a great article. It was nice. It was long. And we really got into the mind of Ben Affleck. Did you get time to read it? I did. I did. Um, it was cool. I just, I don't even know how to frame this. Like, it's nothing against him. It's nothing against the article. I guess it does at least help people understand once again duh celebrities are people but yeah ben affleck is just the fucking dude like i don't know i i personally didn't need that article because i understand that celebrities are people this article to me was just like hey look ben has issues like we do he's such a person go watch his stuff so that his career can recover and uh, I didn't need that. <laughs> I disagree with you on that because his career isn't in recovery. That happened after the movie he did with uh, uh, J-Lo, uh, uh, Jiggly. First off, he did so two movies with J-Lo. 
It's, it's not really in recovery. He's in recovery. His career is actually pretty fine. Is Since it? I forget, he was just Batman. Uh, yeah, and that went super well. He enjoyed that so much. The movie didn't do well, but everybody said, hey, Ben Affleck was a really good Batman. They're like, yeah, uh, the movie was trash, but nobody blamed Ben Affleck for the movie not being great. Everybody said, like, yeah, the movie was, you know, stupid, and we didn't like this, and the way they brought in Doomsday, but nobody said Ben Affleck was a bad Batman. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's like, it's, and, and it's not even about the people, but you know how Hollywood gets down. You put yourself attached to too many projects that don't do well, and people stop fucking calling you. I mean, I still think Justice League did something like $800 million or something like that. It was still financially great, but... And I'm, so, I'm sorry, Iron Man did what? I'm not, get, I'm not ready to get into the argument over the DC and Marvel shared universes. Listen, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, if we're, if we're talking about a particular section of Hollywood, we're talking about the comic book, the superhero movies, you have to look at, there's a different level of success. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, Suicide Squad, Justice League, like, yeah, they did okay money, but there's a different level now. We're not talking about Daredevil. We're not talking about, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep, uh-huh, I'm taking that shot. Um, That's terrible. Yep, yep. So it's like, you, there's, a different, there's a different bar that you got to go for, and those movies didn't hit that. His career is in decline, bro. I would very well disagree. His good moments far outweighs bad moments. Yeah, Daredevil. I'm sorry, not Daredevil didn't do great either. It's it's Uh, hard to get that out your mind, ain't it? Now, Justice League and Batman vs. Superman didn't do that well, but his other movies have been doing great. Argo got him his Oscar. How long ago Um, was that? Argo? I want to say 2011, 2012. The Town did great. All right, Live by Night. The Town. The Town was critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. How much money did... Hey, listen, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World was critically acclaimed. I fucking love that movie, but it did nothing. That movie was amazing. That movie was dope. But how much money did it make? Like, you really gotta look... When you talk about these Hollywood people, when they look at these artists, when they look at your name, your name is a brand, bro. Like, even... Look at Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? After Earth, bro. I enjoyed that movie, but that shit did Nathan fucking Franks. Like... Right, but come on. The town wasn't a huge movie. The town was made for thirty-seven million dollars. It grossed a hundred and fifty-four. That is a sizable haul. That's success. That is success. Uh, let me see where's that on Rotten Tomatoes. Go for it. Go for it. The town got ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's critically acclaimed. That's financially secure. But you do have a point. That is ten years ago. That's, the town this, came out in 2010. This is what I'm saying, bro. Like, every year that goes by makes every great thing that you did less viable. You can cross your fingers and hold your breath, but you might just be dead with your fingers crossed. Like, <laughs> Man, yo, yo, listen, listen, listen. Ben Affleck is coming back. He's going to kill it, and you, you know what? you're just going to have to accept it and deal with it. He, fucking Ben Affleck. He's just out here. He, he's trying to put that into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, he got the cameo in Jane Son and Bob Strike Back reboot, uh, which I still haven't seen yet because I'm the worst Kevin Smith fan in the world. <laughs> but I should be seeing it sometime over the weekend. 
It was out of theaters too fast. I didn't even get the chance. Mm, right, right, right. Before we get out of here, it's time to take you down to Choo Choo Recommendation Station. Why do you always make that face when I do that shit? No, because, bro, that shit is fucking hilarious to me. Like, I can't wait until we do videos so people can see you do this fucking choo-choo motion. Like, oh, my God. All right. So what do you suggest this week for our listeners? You know what's so funny is I told you that we didn't do the recommendation station, and I'm realizing right now that I have fuck all to recommend. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, no, no, no. Okay, okay. So I gotta suggest High Fidelity on Hulu. The the new series. The movie? No, no. Oh my God, you don't know? There is a series. Really? Starring Zoe Kravitz. Bro, you need, you need this in your life. It is the perfect time-bending blend of everything you loved about the John Cusack original with everything that you hate about today. And it's, oh my God, it is. That sounds incredibly interesting. Fam, you, you like need Zoe Kravitz. it. You need it and you deserve it and you should watch it. So my recommendation for this week is going to be a documentary on HBO. It's called McMillions. Now, I remember it was, for me, 2016, I think, I can't remember 100%, but uh, I used to love reading the newspapers, and um, I was reading a story about the McDonald's Monopoly game scam. Okay. And they went into full detail about how the time, you know, the mob was in in on it. They were just handing out people these million-dollar tickets, $25,000 tickets, and people were getting you know, rich for years off of it. And they go through a whole detail about how it was done. And then HBO went ahead and made a documentary on it. And this is how Netflix has spoiled us because I'm just pissed I got to wait every fucking week for this show to come on. (laughs) And I feel feel like offended. Like, how fucking dare you make me come in here every fucking Monday and wait till 10 o'clock for you to release the episode? Who the fuck do you think you are? Game of Thrones? You went. Like, fuck you. Like, Like, how fucking dare you make me wait a week? fucking sons of bitches and normally when the show comes out that i like i just wait to the i just wait for the season to end so i could just binge it i'm just like yeah yeah you got a whole bunch of episodes guess what i'm going to knock it out from saturday and staying up to three o'clock in the morning on sunday and then go and then wait a full year to do this again well you got to make sure that the show doesn't get canceled too so sometimes it's better to wait (laughs) but mcmillions it goes into the scam that uh the Italian mob and some of the workers for the publishing company who came up with the McDonald's game and how they were pretty much just ripping off McDonald's and make sure that him and his family members and his friends was winning all of the major prizes. So oh. it's only three episodes in now. I've enjoyed it very, very much. The, there's an FBI agent on it who is just so fucking excited to be catching criminals. He <laughs> makes the whole documentary for me. He is just so happy to be catching criminals. Like... He fucking loves his job so much. Like, he could be doing nothing else. And he's stationed in, like, like I think it's, like, the Orlando or the Fort Lauderdale station of the FBI, where, like, nothing happens and it's just mad boring. What the? And they caught into the, and they caught into the McDonald's game, and they just go all out. And he's just the happiest. He's happy as a pig and shit. 
Because he, he is fucking hilarious watching in action. And he's so excited. And he never stops talking. And like, <laughs> he doesn't even give you... Like, when he's talking, you stop breathing because you want to take a breath for him. Like, it is fucking hilarious. So when you get a chance, you know, grab a friend who has that HBO password and watch McMillions. It's definitely dope. Fucking And hell. that's going to be our recommendations February 20th, 2020. Yo. Oh, shit. 220, 2020. Look at that. Oh, that should be a thing. I'm going to go get extra thing. drunk for that. Fuck it. Like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good reason to go drinking. Why not? All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow me at Malik underscore MTV. Make sure you follow Ace Metaphor at Ace of Spades 1245. I am MTV Malik. He is Ace Metaphor. This is 224 The Basement. Good night.